0: Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have one of my favorite actresses, Emily Mead. I had the immense pleasure of meeting her many years ago. And it was very brief, but it was great to catch up with her. You know her from so many amazing projects like The Deuce, Trial by Fire, Nerve, Boardwalk Empire. She's done so much for the business. She was an advocate for intimacy coaches on the set of The Deuce. She's so incredible. I love watching her work. She has a show on Instagram called Everything's Fucked. Make sure to check it out. Emily, I got so much love for you. Here it is. Emily Mead, welcome to An Actor Spares. How are you doing?
1: Okay, I'm good. I went boxing today, so that puts me
0: in a good mood. Badass. I'm yeah, great. I'm, very honestly, like I when I when I say this, I mean it with every word of sincerity. You're you're one of the greatest talents. You know, it's been such an honor. You know, we spoke off air that we had met before, but you know, I had a lot of friends that were on boardwalk. My my buddy Shay is like one of my best friends. And that that's where I discovered you. And You know, there's a reoccurring theme on this podcast is the separation between good acting and great acting. And good actors are people that can just play a personality and and do that, and great actors are people that make choices. And I love you and your career because you make such distinct choices. And, you know, I think you had, what, an episode or two of Boardwalk Empire, and you stood out so well in everything you've been in, like The Deuce, Trial by Fire, Nerf, you know, Leftovers. It's like you fucking crush it, man. You're a superstar.
1: Thank you, Jeez Louise. I just made my day even better. So
0: thank you. Thank I mean you every so word nice. of it, man. I mean it's it's incredible. It's it's truly watching your career is like watching Justice Prevail, and I don't say that very often. I think I said that to Chris Bauer, who did your show with you. And, and oh my god, yeah, yeah, love Chris, You're total right. homie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's start. Let's start from the beginning of that. It's cool. You grew up in New York, right? I did. I
1: did. Grew up in New York City, born and raised. Yep. How was that? Uh, it's funny. People always ask you know, if it was different or weird, but obviously that's all I knew. So yeah. it was all I knew. I watched, I mean, I, I always longed to grow up in the suburbs, which was the opposite. Really? Of most I'm
0: always curious because it's uh, for suburb kids. It's the city, you know?
1: Exactly. But in the movies, it was like the cheerleaders and the football team and all that kind of exciting, titillating stuff was yeah. very suburban. I didn't have like, I didn't, maybe my high school, I think had like a bowling team. Like it was a really, it was arts, yeah, it was an arts high school. In New oh, York, you went to the like, Guardia, right? I went to LaGuardia, and also yeah. there's not, like, football fields all over the place. Like, it's just yeah. not a, I wanted that Friday Night Lights, even though I've never seen it, but I wanted that Friday Night Lights experience or whatever. So, but, yeah, it was, I think it makes you grow up quicker in certain ways, obviously, and then probably delays your maturity in certain ways. I think Interesting. It's the, yeah.
0: Because every, amazing. every like, eight-year-old kid I meet in New York that's alone is, like, on his cell phone, like, get the fuck out of my way. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so badass. I'm, like, I want to be like that, you know? So what? I'm curious, like, are your parents artists? Where did this come from?
1: Basically, my parents were, like, bartender – you know, are interested in the arts. My dad's a huge movie buff. My mom also likes movies. They both, they met as like 20, my mom was 23, my dad was 26. They were bartenders and, you know, they got headshots and my dad went, took acting classes. They were interested in the arts, uh, got pregnant with me. And then obviously that, you know, took over a lot of their life and they didn't fully actively pursue it. But I was raised with a lot of artistry. My dad, yeah. my mom would like bartend on Monday nights. And then on Monday nights, that was because my dad would usually work at night. He was a bouncer at bars. And on Monday nights would be our night to like, he would show me different movies, movies that like my friend, my, I remember my friends would come over and they weren't even willing to watch a black and white movie. But my dad was re- like, he. we did, we shared a taste or he designed my taste, either one. I So rad grew up with a love of that kind of stuff. So they were artists, even if not by profession.
0: That's amazing. And I'm curious, at what point did the activation, like the creativity bug, where did that come in?
1: Pretty, I mean, as far as, as long as I can remember, I, yeah, I always had that combination of, I love movies, I wanted to create, I wanted to invent things, I wanted to write things, I wanted to draw things, and I wanted to change the world. And I also which is maybe the sign of like something wrong, but I also always felt like I was magic or like I had something magical. Yeah. For you. So for me, movies and acting just seemed like the most obvious thing. Cause that's what I saw. I had like, I would watch movies and I wanted to do that in some way. Um, and I loved people. I also maybe growing up in New York, like being on the subway, I was exposed to so many different types of characters. So I liked to mimic people and I was very interested in, that so pretty much my whole life that was the overall trajectory and goal
0: badass I'm curious like when you started getting into those things were the parents receptive because I feel like when you have artists parents it goes one or two ways like that's cool or it doesn't work out well you know yeah yeah
1: I, I think they were very uh supportive I think probably partly because they did love that the arts but they hadn't done it so they didn't know how fucking horrible it can be (laughs) so I think if they were like for me with my I'm like I think about it all the time I don't have kids yet but I want to and when I think about how I'm like I don't know if I'd be able to let them do it like I don't know because of what you know the trauma of it all whereas with my parents they had that love of it without it being crushed so they were yeah they didn't even and we were in New York like I definitely it was shocking to me when I got older and met actors whose parents like were you know didn't get it? And thought they yeah. That was not my experience at all, and they were yeah, def- very on board from a very young. Shout
0: boy. out to Emily's parents, man, <laughs> badass! Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. so then what what were the steps for you? You know, because like obviously living in a city like New York, there's no shortage of like children's youth theaters and and ch- you know like I, I went to Strasbourg at NYU. There's like a, a Strasburg children's program. Did you get involved in any of that?
1: Yeah, not on that. That's very elite. That's good. That's <laughs> I didn't, uh, uh, uh,
0: here I am without a job
1: doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It all equals to the same fucking place. <laughs> but um, I went to Tada. I don't know if you know Tada. Here we are. The Big Sing Little Kids, a big picture. It was like a musical theater thing. Um, I auditioned for the company. You could go like, into the company. I did not get into it. And then I was very young, and then I did a few classes there, and then I joined. Did this thing with my friend that was actually really. When I look back on it, it was probably life saving in a lot of ways. From when we were like eight to thirteen, we a woman who's actually also a certified therapist. We basically like write our own plays and perform our own plays. That's amazing. And yeah, we wrote this play called The Puberty Club. Even though we were like eight, so like puberty. I don't know if we were fully there yet, but like yeah. we would. Yeah, you, we would write out from our own experiences and perform it. So that was a huge, that was a great practice in creativity. And then uh, from there, I, my goal was always to get into LaGuardia, LaGuardia the performing arts school. Yeah. So I auditioned for it and I got into it. And then that was like my first kind of formal acting training.
0: And and when you were doing these plays, like with the therapist, was it full on productions or scene work or?
1: Full production. I mean, full productions. I mean, I guess that's one of the, perks of yeah new york city like i don't i don't really remember i don't quite understand what her connections were i know she was sort of an actress or had been an actress or still was an actress and therapist and like somehow she got us we did a performance at the cherry lane theater like oh got, we, like, amazing. Looked at, but it wasn't like people were buying tickets it was like our families were at but yeah but whatever stage at the cherry lane theater and so yeah it was very I don't know. I don't know how she managed. I don't feel like you could do that anymore uh, somehow, but it was like the nineties. I don't know. Um, But we, yeah. So we did do performances in real theaters and it was all people we knew, but that was a very exciting thing to do and very satisfying.
0: That. And so I'm curious when you were on stage at at Cherry Lane or whatever, respective theater, is that when you felt that cosmic, like, this is it, this is what I'm going to do feeling.
1: I'd say I felt it even before probably oh wow. <laughs> yeah but but i mean it's it's ironic because and i've talked about this before it's not new but i i'm obviously mostly or pretty much only known for like my not just dramatic but like tragic work but what originally drew me into acting was comedy and like wow and lucille ball And so for me, what made me fall in love with performing was making people laugh. Like, you know, there was definitely drama in my household and all that shit. And I remember, like, I have memories of making my parents laugh at, like, four. Like, having some sort of comedic timing. Yeah. And that, the satisfaction of making people laugh being so overwhelming for me. So I feel like from the beginning of making people laugh i felt like oh this is what i'm meant to do and then yeah being on stage and anything further for that it was not even like it was just like of course this is there was never until i became an actor and it was really hard there was never like a question or a doubt about it it was just wow. like I'm going to be a famous actor.
0: Obviously. And I, I didn't know, yeah, of course, and, <laughs> and here we are. Uh, but I'm curious, uh, <laughs> hey, we're, we're all burned into the middle, it's so what we yeah. do. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious, you know, with comedy, I didn't know that about you. Was there ever like a stand-up impetus or or was it more SNL sketch sort of?
1: SNL, I mean, I kind of, I, I live a life with no regrets, but I kind of wonder if I should have, looked into that more i did not i my like what i thought was going to happen was i was going to be the youngest ever cast member on snl yeah i don't really know why i needed to like be the most of something but i knew eddie murphy was like 18 so i would i probably would have been illegal to do it under 18 but i was going to do that and then go i was going to it was going to be the reverse basically of what actually has happened i was going to pr- become a famous snl star and then eventually prove myself as a dramatic actress yeah it was the first where i only did drama and now i'm like desperately trying to do comedy but um that no i didn't ever do stand-up i didn't even do like the improv route or anything yeah. i didn't know i didn't understand actually how you get on snl and also i would say i got very which is probably why i did drama i definitely be- was a very troubled teen and i think i just like I I kind of carried my fantasy of what the, my career would be into actually doing it. I didn't like learn a lot by the time I was a teenager, I wasn't learning the steps that you take of like, oh well if yeah. you want to do comedy, you have to do improv. And if I was just like, I'm gonna be a star. So I didn't and going to performing arts school, we had we knew that at the end of senior year you could audition for a showcase and if you got in, you could audition for agents. So that yeah. was just sort of like that was what I was aiming towards. And I wasn't thinking beyond that. So it wasn't until I was already acting that I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to be on SNL. And then I learned like, oh, that's because I didn't take the power that you take to do that.
0: (laughs) And and having had a lot of friends that went to LaGuardia, I know some people can get pretty hungry early. Was like agents, even before you graduated, was that on your mind? Like getting, you know, a commercial agent at least or something like that or...
1: Yeah, well, at LaGuardia then, it is not the case now, but it's opposite now. Um, But when I was there, you weren't allowed to have an agent. There definitely was kids who did, but I was, uh, I was so, I mean, I wanted it so bad that I was willing to, like, do whatever they said, and I didn't want to break rules. Also, before that, because I was so business-minded... I remember. I mean, it was weird. Like, I remember watching Friends as like a five year old and being like, "That looks really fun," but I wouldn't want to be pigeonholed and typecast in that way. So I shouldn't do a like. Wow. I was thinking in, but but it was I think to a fault because I think it made me turn down opportunities younger that probably would have just fucking like helped me get yeah. famous and rich or something. But um, so I also didn't want to be a child actor because I didn't want to have to transition from child actor to adult actor. Little oh. did I know but little did I know that most adult actors did start as, as children and yeah. like, har- like people who are getting really famous at 25 have been doing it since they were five. Like I, that part I didn't understand. Um, so I was just really rigid and like, I, I didn't understand the steps to my, I am yeah, I had like a delusional confidence that I just like, okay, I'm not going to start until I'm 18. So yeah, I didn't want to start acting until I was 18 and also you weren't supposed to at LaGuardia. So I didn't, I did like, someone on the street came up to me to to, like to model and I started modeling when I was like 15 and I did do one indie movie through that, but I was like, well, this is okay. Yeah. Cause whatever. But no, I didn't, I didn't officially get an agent until I was 18. And
0: well, How was your experience with LaGuardia? Because I know like, I don't know, I went to NYU and being surrounded by performers can be fucking exhausting. And I like, if anything, it made me more disillusioned with it. What was it a good experience there? Because like, wanting to get into this place and you know having this idea of what it is in your mind and then getting there you know things can change how how was it for you
1: with LaGuardia I, th- I think I had that disillusionment once I became a professional actor I think with LaGuardia it was weird the time I was the, and like the teachers even said it was like something nothing they'd ever seen I think there was something and I don't know what year you went to school probably not far apart but yeah
0: um, I'm 31 we,
1: I'm 32, yeah. Oh, and cool.
0: My yeah, yeah. Class
1: of 07 or 08? 08. 08. 08.
0: Okay. So
1: when we're, we're one year apart. But yeah, there was something freaky about my generation, like my grade. Like nobody gave a fuck and everybody was really rebellious and really disrespectful ultimately, which was kind of realistic as far as how actors behave yeah, a lot totally. of the time. But <laughs> It was weird. It was like my friend, my good friend went to PPAS and she had the opposite experience where she was really rebellious and everybody was like a goody two shoes and musical theater and really on top of it. Whereas LaGuardia, it was like behaving like rock star Hollywood stars while in high school. So I was actually, even though I was not the best student and not doing great, I still was able to be kind of a goody two shoes with acting Cause it was, I sort of saw it as like my survival ticket. I was like, that's the only way I can, whatever, get open my life up. So I, and also I was so miserable in high school and did so badly in academic classes and was just really in a bad place that I always say, if I didn't have the performing arts at LaGuardia I would have just dropped out of school. So for me, it was like high school was miserable every day of my life. I hated being there, but having the acting program is the only reason I stayed.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, and, and performing arts in more schools. <laughs> I,
0: I, I full. I mean, all, all of arts. You know, yeah, it's imperative. I'm, yeah, I'm. Just um, doing art. So when you get to the showcase and you're finally there, was that was that the moment you thought it would be? You know, getting all the industry folk and family, and you know, doing your 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 piece. How was that experience?
1: That was great. It was. I mean, it's so funny because I feel like. You know, my I, my confidence definitely deflated and got beaten up over the years of being an actor. But because I think partly I was, you know, I was like the star football player in that way. I was the quarterback. When like yes, like I was considered a good actress at the showcase. Like all the agents, they like put you their numbers in. Yeah. Um. And I'll, like, however many people are interested in, like I got all of them, and I and no like, way. I, yeah, it was cool. It wasn't that huge of amazing of agents, but
0: you know, it was Whatever. Cool. Yeah. It was
1: great, but I think it also misled me because I then I started acting thinking like this is going to be a piece of cake and I didn't yeah. realize until a few years in that like it is not. But yeah, I got good response. None of the agents were that big, but I got someone I think it was literally like an intern from the CW Came to the showcase and she called me directly and asked me if I wanted to come in to audition for Supergirl. They were like making a Supergirl spinoff from Smallville and they yeah. were gonna start on Smallville and then go to Supergirl. And ultimately, that was not what I wanted to do, but I was 18 and I was like, okay, obviously I should do this. Yeah. So I went, auditioned, and then they wound up wanting me to test. And I didn't have any sort of like agent or manager or lawyer or anything. So basically Meg Simon, who was the head of casting at CW at the time, called me and was like, do you know what a test deal is? I was like, no. And then she recommended me to, so I went to, I got an agent at Innovative, I, which I'm not, now I'm not with them anymore, but I was with them for a long time. A manager and a lawyer to like do the test deal and then think, god i didn't get it <laughs> i tested yeah. it but so i just got the agent and lawyer manager and then didn't have to move to vancouver for 14 years which
0: is yeah god so. I, that show had such a long ride Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey so. you know i'm sure they're at conventions doing the thing but that's that's so cool that i mean so when you got back and or because you have to go to vancouver no
1: no, I tested oh. in LA. I was so scared that I asked if my, like, they give you a first class ticket and I was like, can I trade it in for two coach tickets? So that like, somebody- bring a homie, <laughs> my dad <laughs> came with me, like I was, I had, I was so terrified. Wow. Now I can't, I'm a, I don't even relate to that person. But, yeah. you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm curious though, like having that happen to you and then going to LA and growing up in New York and, you know, having this sort of, you know, intense high school experience, Was there ever that inkling? Because like, you know, in America, it's so kind of, I mean, Atlanta's opened a bit, but it's kind of binary or LA or New York. Did you ever feel like I'm going to go give LA a try or you were happy here?
1: Yeah, I don't, I, it's so strange, my relationship with LA because I think a lot of people assume I hate it because I'm from New York and I've never officially lived in LA. I don't hate LA and I've always enjoyed it when I'm there. I think I, I can enjoy it because I've always had, New York as my home. So I've never had that feeling that I think a lot of people get when they go to LA. of like, Oh God, I've lost my feet are no longer on the ground. Like I have no sense of grounding. So I do love it for what it is. And I've always been willing to move there. But I think again, because the first like three years of my acting career was so easy and I was getting jobs so much, I didn't think I had to. Yeah.
0: And then
1: once things started slowing down, it just got, I don't know. I just basically somehow 14 years later have, I, I still primarily live in New York, but I've spent a lot of time in LA and like months at a time in LA. Um, and yeah, I, I still would move to LA, but I just haven't. And a lot of the shows I've been on and stuff has been in New York. So yeah, yeah basically back then I wasn't, I didn't see it as I had to go to LA to be an actor and, I didn't at the time have to do that.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. So then when you started working, it was like, was it like co-star, guest star, built up to reoccurring?
1: No, it was really... Cu- I mean, well, yeah, the first... I did the one weird movie when I was modeling when I was 15, and then I think... And then Supergirl was my first audition, and I think my second audition was this movie, Assassination of a High School President. Yeah. I'm sure I'm- you... No, I remember it you read, I'm sure you read yeah, it, but like yeah. So like I feel like All of my actor friends Are either from Assassination of High School President Or this movie 12 I did it, Like it all came
0: The, the, the wild Emma Roberts Coked out movie I totally yeah.
1: remember like, <laughs> Yeah the very, It's just so fun Yeah but I So I feel like Yeah Assassination I auditioned for that And then I didn't get The role I auditioned for But they like Wrote So basically it was like a. It would have been An extra role But they like wrote This whole character For me in it As like the drunk girlfriend like beard girlfriend of the guy who was sleeping with his sister in it so that was like my first audition then my next audition was my soul to take the west craven, the west craven one got that then 12 joel schumacher got that like it was kind of crazy and it was really yeah. big directors so it seemed like yeah. it was big directors who so i think were perhaps outdated and like we're in a different time and like yeah like totally T-
0: 10 years so, prior would have been different exactly. you know
1: And they did not hit in the way as expected, but I, yeah, I kind of like skipped right to what felt like these star making roles that didn't do that. So then things kind of, and I mean, Boardwalk empire was, it was a few years in, but it was close into that time. And um, yeah, that, but that was like after I had already had bigger roles and movies and, so then, yeah, I mean, I did, I did do three lawn orders in the beginning, but it wasn't even like my first job. It was just like for money, like within that yeah. period of time. Um, but yeah, it was weird. I had a really weird trajectory. A lot of like false starts, and um, yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm curious, you know, like being that young kid back on the cherry lane stage and having what you thought might be a delusion. Tur- turned into a premonition, you know, and working on all those things. Where was where was your mindset at? Was it like this is all coming true? I'm, I'm badass, or was it like you know because it wasn't taking off in the way you thought? It yeah. started to bring you like, oh shit, this is gonna this is gonna be tough.
1: Yeah, I think it took a few years, but I think it it was like oh my, like it was the first few years were like yeah, like I mean yeah, probably a lot of arrogance to yeah. it. Yeah, there was a but it was great. I was grateful, but also like. I never, like, it's funny, and it's probably super arrogant and obnoxious, but when people talk about, like, imposter syndrome, I'm like, I have the opposite of imposter syndrome. I'm like, I'm <laughs> so successful. Like, yeah. I don't feel like an imposter at all. Um, so, yeah, when that was first happening, it felt right. Yeah, it just felt like my destiny and the right thing, and I did work really hard, so it wasn't like I didn't, I was just getting it easily. But No, I,
0: you're oh, great. It shows. Thank you. All yeah. right, yeah.
1: right, but then it wasn't until I, a few years went on and, all the things did not turn into what they were supposed to and that's when it started to hit in a different way and then it yeah it turned into just a very different journey than i expected so it was interesting cuz it was like the beginning of my career looked exactly how i expected it to and then it quickly turned into something else that i was kind of became careful.
0: an in- indie darling for a while right
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah that's a nice thank <laughs> you that's a nice <laughs> but i feel like yeah. i in random movie yeah Yeah, but yes i I took a i took a turn that i wasn't like i almost didn't have a plan b for acting and i feel like in a way it would have been easier had i been like waiting tables and being in one line parts and working my way up but it was the opposite of like i was getting cast you had that taste of it and then
0: you go back yeah
1: do i need to wait tables and like what do i don't know what i do um so that definitely threw me for a loop.
0: And, and, and talk to me, like what buoyed you during that time? Did you go back to, you know, that therapist moment of, of creating, like, was that on your mind or, you know, was it-
1: I, it, 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 I definitely did bad behavior. I definitely, yeah. I was very distracted by boys and relationships and I wasn't like a partier in the way of like going out to the clubs, but yeah. I, yeah, I was fine hanging out in bars and, um, just sort of uh, living the life of like a disgruntled artist. So uh, I, I did also create, I was, I mean, writing was something I always actually, I think now looking back, I in a way am more of a writer than I am. And I, I mean, Yeah, I'm both, because
0: I saw you posted a beautiful poem you got oh, a great voice. You. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, I, yeah, when I was younger, I would write songs, I'd write poems, I'd write screenplays, I'd write stories, but I think I felt like, I was supposed to act like I was like made, I don't know. I didn't understand how to be a writer as much. So yeah. In my early twenties, I was writing screenplays and doing all that, but I think writing got a little tainted for me by being an actor. Cause then I felt like I was only allowed to write screenplays versus yeah. like free writing. So then totally. I kind of stopped doing that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my creativity has always been like a very uh, finicky Flower. I don't know. It's always been something that, like, I am just innately like I. I feel quite creative, and every like everything in the world inspires me in different ways. But I've definitely struggled with figuring out how to where to place that and what to do with that. And sometimes I've just like burned myself. Like I'll like wake up with a fire, and it'll either like burn me from the inside out, or I'll find something. I'll have like a burst of inspiration, but. I, again, I didn't expect like I didn't know I was gonna. I like, didn't. I wasn't prepared for the struggling part. So, yeah. I definitely didn't probably do as much as I could have or should have with my spare time.
0: And what 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 kept you anchored and and buoyed? Because it's so tough, you know, to to work and then not to work and then to. I mean, just the fucking. You know, when you have so much free time, especially you know, everyone in this pandemic can relate. It's just like, it's fucking crippling. You're living in your brain, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I hardly did. I mean, there was definitely times where I was not doing well. And, you know, I I remember times where I was in like 20 years old and I'd wake up and it'd be dark and I would think that it was still the night and it was like 5 p.m. The next no night. way. There, yeah. there was definitely, it, it was a struggle, but I think, I don't know. I, it's, I mean, I think just like faith booing me not really I mean I wasn't raised religious in any way but since I was a kid I did have that like connection to something and I did always feel deeply destined to do this to like tell a story to impact the world in some way which again maybe is like whatever dream uh, delusions of grandeur or whatever but it kept me going like whether it was ridiculous or not I was like I do feel and I've always felt confident in my talent as obnoxious and arrogant as that might sound like I feel insecure in a million other ways my looks my coolness my ability but I did like when I wouldn't get things or things wouldn't go well it wouldn't make me question my ability to relay a character so I think I just like the tenacity of that belief just sort of has somehow stayed and like I have gotten positive feedback along the way and people I kn- like have responded to me like for example with Boardwalk Empire I remember with that, it was between like I got in that role, which was only two episodes, and then they actually were—I don't even know if I should say the show, but basically there was a show that's now that's been on for like ten years that they wanted me to test for that. And through the process of that, they had been really dismissive of me and like told me I was too pretty to play a character that was troubled. Like really, it didn't seem like they believed in me for the role. But they were asking me to test because like sure, I was one of the best options. And I remember. The test date was going to uh, overlap with the shooting dates for Boardwalk Empire, so I said I want to do Boardwalk Empire. I really believe in that. I have yeah. that. I don't think I'm going to get this thing. And I can, and I remember someone who I worked with at the time calling me up and being like, "You're going to pass on the audition for this to play the hooker or whatever." And I was like, "A, her name is Pearl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I know that I can really do something with this. And I know that this is, I, I'm i connected to this in a way that I'm not connected to that other role. And I guarantee you, they would change the date of the test if they really were sure they wanted me for it. So yeah. I don't know what, I, that's a tangent, but I guess they, they. it's like, no matter how much I've been crushed, I still like, I don't know. I have that, like, I know what I'm supposed to, I know I'm supposed to say something to the world. And I. Be, I know when it's time for me to say it in the way I'm supposed to say it. And I think that, Stayed true no matter what, and I always got positive feedback. Like for like you said with Boardwalk Empire, that was only two episodes. That's still one of the things I get like most recognized. For. I'm
0: sure you're incredible in that. I mean, thank you. There's thank a I'm sure there's. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories about Michael Pitt, but the chemistry you guys had, you know, it was it was seismic and and yeah. and that that love you felt it. There was just that connection there, and yeah, you, you can't fucking fake that, dude. I mean, you you no other actor or actress in the world could have delivered that truth in the way it needed to be done. And it was you, you know?
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was very satisfying to like, believe in something, choose that over something technically better or bigger and have that impact people in the way it did. It would have been cool if it was like, yeah. And even more episodes and turned into even more, but things like that along the way, sort of always confirmed for me that my instinct is right. It's fucking reason taking longer and a lot harder than I expected, but like, I'm not delusional to think that I should.
0: Well, you're choosing quality content and characters over paychecks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Too much. (laughs) Oh my God. The amount of like CW when I was younger and. Wasn't worried like every pilot season there'd be CW shows like here here and I'm like Pfft, no now I'm like yeah, yeah. What the fuck was I thinking i to like <laughs> my ramen the next year I was crazy. doing
0: this episode from your penthouse to the Bowery Hotel
1: exactly <laughs> so crazy but what, I, I did it so
0: <laughs> so then when you you're this indie darling and you have films like Give Me Shelter and that awkward moment you know and then I imagine at some point you have a dialogue with your agent and you're like look you know we need to fucking tactically shift it up you know where you know where wh- what was your plan then you know did you i mean i know you did the leftovers and that became a big thing but you know mm-hmm. what you wh- was that did they help and did you start positioning yourself differently or what got you through it i guess is my question
1: i don't know if i'm through it yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> you <laughs> are <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it's been just like a slow and steady accumulation because it wasn't like something like the leftovers, it wasn't like any shift in, it was just more like it made sense. And there was like the right role at the right. I mean, I still, that wasn't like my dream job. I remember from the beginning being like, I don't know. Blah, blah. Um, but as far as the role, not the show, but yeah. it was like, I had been kind of had the corner market. on like being like the like sort of, Lolita, sexy but troubled, wise beyond her years but tragic, funny. What I had, like that was like something I knew how to do, and it was like a version of doing that. What that was an indie, that was on an HBO show, so it was just kind of like a good combination of things. Um, and then yeah, same with the Deuce, which came after it of like the qualities that people, whatever saw me with or that i was like that was the easiest for me to tap into it was just more that they were like i worked my way up as far as like the level of what those roles were yeah um but it was none of those things i'd say now i've been trying to make more of a shift then it was more like it just naturally happened um i would complain all the time (laughs) and i still do but i wasn't like there was that wasn't a career move it was just like then the leftovers came up and I got that part. And, you know, and these things just kind of happened.
0: And, in, and then in those indies that you kind of did after, like Nerve and and uh, Trial by Fire, which would, I, you know, actually I actually wouldn't call that an indie. That's an awesome movie, you know, that do you feel like you sort of got pigeonholed into that kind of damaged, you know, sexy, chic, you know, heroinesque look, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because I've, in my career, and I feel like so many actors say this, and it's kind of, and like half the time you're like, is that even true? But I have, I've like almost been like the whatever, like big thing, the big franchise a million times. And it's always felt like there's just something that's like a little bit dark or a little bit weird, a little bit quirky in a way that, People, yeah, haven't exactly known what to do with me. So when it came to the like being the like, yeah, sexually intimidating, tragic fuck up, but like charming, whatever thing that's like been a safe whatever role for me that people can process me as and make sense of. But yeah, I I think for years I kept being like, okay, this is the last time I'm. Yeah, this is the last time I'm until now I've just had to like really be like, I'm not doing it anymore. And and, and now I haven't worked in over year and a half because of it so, <laughs> it's, it's COVID as well.
0: Well, that's the but, thing that sucks about Hollywood is like they want to see you do something well and they want to see you do it so well that they just put you in it again. And then they only see you as that. And then in order to succeed, you have to change it up. But nobody wants to give you the chance to change it up, you know?
1: Exactly. People are not very creative or brave when it no. goes to that and they just want to do the exact thing that they know works and yeah I don't feel like when I've been up for those like big whatever lead franchise things I can always tell I'm like the not safe choice you know like, yeah. like this this, and then there's like oh we could go here and it takes even something like Nerve which was actually like a it was a studio movie but it was like you know smaller and enough like people it wasn't didn't become a huge hit But even that, they had like the studio had a list of like pop star girls or whatever. And the directors on that who are still in my life like did push to put me in it. But like it takes that, it takes people actually like pushing for you. And that wasn't the lead. So like they had Emma Emma Roberts, who was already, you know, a a name in that way. And they were able to push to have a movie in that. But it's been, I think that's why when the older directors who are now all, deceased like i think like joel schumacher and wes craven were fine to cast me right from the beginning because they didn't give a shit anymore and they yeah ready, like
0: they're doing it know. their way you know Fuck exactly. that. yeah 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 so but
1: i've had a lot harder of a time with the younger people who are still trying to make a name for themselves who are just like desperate to get their movies made or desperate to have their movies make money and are just afraid to take a risk. And I think I am inevitably a risk unless you're putting me as like the risky right. thing. Then it's yeah.
0: It's
1: Fuck. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been a, but I think just like with anything, it takes until you're like truly putting your foot down and saying no until it, cause like I, it took me a while to realize like, oh yeah, no one else is going to say like, oh, I think Emily's outgrown this or she should do like, I just have to demand that it, it's, yeah. it's not going to come from anybody else. So Well,
0: I I mean, we're going to get you in a fucking comedy, but (laughs) before before we jump away from that, you know, I, obviously it's one of the greatest roles and it's, I I mean, I would say the greatest television writer, if not one of the greatest writers in the world, when you got that phone call that David Simon was interested in you, and for one more of those sort of roles, it's a hard thing to turn down, you know, like, was there... Was there a moment of like I don't know, or you mm-hmm. know, because of who was in it? Was it like I'm gonna fucking do this?
1: Yeah, you'd probably be surprised at, but by our people would be surprised by the amount of trepidation because of the role. Um, that what I mean, yeah. I wound basically the process of that was I had originally auditioned and then like I chemistry read with James for the part that Margarita Laviva wound up playing. The, yeah who was kind of, like, written as, like, the central girl who was not, obviously not a hooker. not She wasn't a sex worker. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, sorry. First I auditioned for Candy, the Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, nice. Yeah, very different. Then I was testing for the Margarita role, and then I never actually auditioned or read for Lori,
0: who I wound up playing. Um, and it was Did the smallest... David know your work? Like, was that how that... I mean, because you've no. done so much work for HBO.
1: Yeah, he did see some of leftovers, but I didn't even think that was like the best representation of me. But I think they just—I guess he said basically he. I didn't get either of those roles, and then he apparently like he he reached out to my people asking if he could have dinner with me and was saying like I. That's won't. amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah. funny. I hadn't. I hadn't seen The Wire, so I don't think I was as. Oh, scared. you
0: didn't know. <laughs> I,
1: I knew it, I mean, it was a big deal, but I don't think I. I probably would have freaked out way more had I. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like able to. Thank God, I probably yeah. would have been too nervous. I, like,
0: yeah, I, like, for sure.
1: Grateful yeah. and asking. Like, sure. The I'll one do. on
0: the one audition I had for the Deuce, I was just so nervous when I went to Lex's office because I was like, exactly. David Simon, David Simon, David Simon. <laughs> exactly.
1: No, it, yeah. it really it sucks, but it's like with dating or jobs, it's like if you're. Too too eager and excited. It's like, it's so hard. Uh, it's, it's hard not to be if you are a fan. So I was, thank God, I just didn't know enough. Um, now, yeah, I'd be, same with, I mean, it's so funny. This is a side myth, but like, I just watched Sopranos for the first time I'm obsessed with it, but it's so funny because I've known so many of the actors on that show. I'm like, how was yeah. I not? so yeah yeah. now so yeah with david like i knew he was a big deal but i didn't personally have a connection to it but so we wound up having dinner and he was saying he wanted me to be on the show and he basically gave me the option of two roles that were both really small in the like laurie was not a big role and it wound up getting far more expanded than necessarily was even planned like a lot more came of it But he was like, these are the two roles. And then uh, he was saying, basically, like, he gave me, like, the overall, like, what happens to each one. And one had a happy ending and one had a sad ending. And I was like, well, which do you think is more impactful? And he was like, I mean, a sad ending. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay, I guess (laughs) I choose that one. But so it was still... Like, as much as I was wanting to move away from the tragedy, it was like either way on that show, that's what that was gonna be. And, but I did, I was really nervous. I remember going and talking to my friend Phil after and being like, am I gonna, like, again, I was basically signing up to be naked, to be sad, to be, have a tragic ending, Um, but, it was, and I feel like that happens a lot with people's careers. You're like, I'm not going to do it anymore. But then like the best version of it. Uh, yeah. Poor, yeah. So I was like, Oh fuck. I, like whatever. So obviously I wound up doing it and I, well, I, yes, it was hard to say no to David Simon. And again, the best version of it. Um, And I think it like, but I did, I think I had issues and David knows, I mean, yeah, we were in very close communication for a lot of that show and me wanting to expand it creatively and, and I, I did appreciate that I felt like they did notice my whatever comic leanings and definitely did write to that. Like they allowed for there to be some levity and some yeah. irony and comedy in there. That was nice to have in the third season. I, David asked me if there's anything I want to do. And I said, I want to sing. So he let me sing. Like Nice. And, yeah. Like there was, there was it turned
0: into. There was a, a collaboration yeah, there. It yeah. It turned
1: into a much larger experience than just playing the you know, sad or complex sex thing. But um, I think that's why for me now, I haven't haven't done anything since because the only things that are coming towards me are that. And like for me, I think that was really putting it to bed. Like also, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but she has whatever. She has a full beginning, middle and end. And it felt like a very cathartic experience to have that... Character have a kind of very final <laughs> conclusion, and it, I felt like it really was like that part of me that whatever that tragic thing in me yeah. is, keeps getting this, like that is stays with Laurie <laughs> in the Deuce, and yeah. I'm going to move forward without that. So yes, I was trepidatious about it, and I was nervous doing it again, but it was like okay, maybe this is what the other things were practiced for this, and then I do this, and then I move
0: on. Then I are you, actually- <laughs> are you glad you did it?
1: Yes, yes. No. Yes, I definitely had moments in the beginning that I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? But I, it turned into one of the most significant experiences of my life. So, yes, absolutely.
0: I'm very glad I did it. Yeah, And, I mean, obviously I don't think you get – there's been articles about it, but you don't get the credit that you deserve. Like, you fucking changed the game with the intimacy coordinator. That was Emily Mead. Like, that. that's changed the entire way this industry operates. I mean – do you have like this, I mean, that's, it's like, that's, that's Titanic, dude. Like that's crazy. I mean, how does it feel to, to produce such an amazing shift in a positive thing for so many actors and artists and particularly vulnerable females? You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. you, you changed it. Thank you.
1: Yeah. It feels very good. And it's definitely the thing I'm proudest of in my career, like above anything above any work. And that's part of what made the deuce, such a life-changing experience not just the characters and or, or the character or whatever the acting and the creative of it but it sort of did I mean as far as talking about catharsis it was like my whole career there had been so much pain and disappointment and yes feeling mistreated and feeling resentful of my own sexuality and like my own relationship with my career myself that it it was such a wild experience to like actually use my voice, use my voice for something productive, have it make a difference, have it make an impact and have it like, change
0: the game (laughs) and
1: it it made it, you know, all kind of worth it of like, Oh, well I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have had this idea, period. Not that I invented intimacy coordinators, but I didn't know they existed at all. Um, Alicia Rodas invented that bit, but, um, I wouldn't have asked for that. I wouldn't have had these ideas if I didn't have the experience of always playing the sex object and having a lot of pain attached to that. So I did feel like an expert in that. And I did feel like I put in the hours to that to know what was wrong with it and what I needed it to be different. And um, my first instinct when everything was going on and it wasn't going well was just like to kind of run away with the dude, but to then instead like actually have evolution and turn it into something was like a profound experience on all, like in my career and just in my life of like, Oh, like it's so cheesy, but it's like, Oh, you can make a difference in the world. Like yeah, you know, yeah. that's all I wanted. Like, that's why I wanted to be an actor. So ironically it wasn't even a role that I played, but like I got to use being an actor to make an impact in the world. And that is what I wanted to do. So that, definitely like recharged me and stopped me from like just quitting the industry. Cause I was like, well, sure. It sucked how much I've been felt objectified or like, I've had to limit myself to play these roles, but that in and of itself is what allowed me to make this change. So it was for a reason. And so that, yeah, it was, it's, yeah, I want to do more things. I like, it, it was the, it made everything worth it in a way that, yeah, I haven't, that was the first experience I've had in this industry of, feeling really proud and like it all was leading to something
0: so I'm so proud of you I mean you you thank you for your service and <laughs> and um, so let's talk about this like new chapter you know wanting to, s- to switch it up I fucking love that and you're gonna you know crush it in comedy I know it you know mm-hmm. has it been more you getting because I I know so much of it is like being on the you know the, the there are a lot of you know Obviously, there's, like, Seth Roga, but there's a lot of comedy writers that, you know, are staff writers that go around to all the different comedy shows. Mm-hmm. And for you switching from that, you know, specific of a character and an arc and type, how have you been, I guess, navigating this transition?
1: I mean, probably not that deliberate. Like, I mean, I should, I'm like, oh, I should probably do, like, comedy shows or something. Uh, more, I mean, the first step has been clarifying what I want period being clear about it being not embarrassed about it because I feel like there is like there's so much gaslighting in this industry of like making you feel foolish for wanting anything kind of or like wanting more than you're getting or wanting something different um and I think yeah I think probably the process of the I mean not only being on a series for three years obviously like teaches you a lot and strengthens your not just your creative your work ethic but like your understanding of the machine it is of telling a story and of a show like you just you just learn a lot and I think that gave me a lot of confidence to then start being way clearer because yeah I feel like there'd be like little whispers of like well I'd rather do this whatever but like now I've gotten to the point with my team where I'm just like I do not want to do this I want this and I'm not about it um, and it's weird. And, and my manager actually pointed this out to me the other day because I've felt so, disil- you know, I've just been, I, you know, it's been COVID. I had a yeah. r- breakup. I haven't worked in a year and a half. Like, it's been a hard moment. And when I'm complaining, to, like, I've had a few th- comedy things, actually, that I've been really close on and um when and they haven't worked out and i've been like hysterical and like oh god nothing's ever gonna happen and what he reminded me of which i was like oh that's a good point he's like please keep in mind that like all you've done is say you want to do comedy now and like suddenly you're like testing for your own comedy shows like with no nothing on your resume even implying you can do comedy so clearly you can manifest whatever the fuck it is like you you can get what you want you just like it's, it's not a sign of your fit. Cause I'm very hard on myself, obviously. Well, yeah.
0: My I get it.
1: man. Are, yeah. But I'm like, I'm seeing it as like, see, I'll never get what I want versus like, Oh yeah. How am I even in the position where I'm testing for a comedy when like no one, why, why, but it's, so I'm trying to see it more as a strength in that way. So yeah, I'm not really doing anything that different business wise. I'm just like focusing my energy differently. And it seems to be, Almost working, I guess. Coming around in, yeah. in due
0: time. Yeah.
1: And again, it's a lot of it's just saying no, which I think I've heard before. But, I, and it's so hard because I feel like I'm like a beggar and a chooser at the same time because I'm like, I fucking want to work. I, I want to, I'm going to go crazy. But then they send me a script. I'm like, nope, not on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
0: Been there, but, done that. Yeah. yeah. But, it,
1: but it's true. And like, it's almost it's like, well, I've waited this long. I've it, It's been this kind of long of a process in my career. I did just come off of a three-year show, so like, I mean, it's been a year and a half now, but, or that show was five years, really, the process of it. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to commit myself to something again. Like, I think I've earned something I want, yeah. um, and it's obviously an even more complex time in the industry right now, and everyone's going to figure out how to fucking do anything it feels yeah, so pretty I, yeah so.
0: I, know. I know
1: so um yeah i think at this point so much of it's just saying no i almost feel like i'm protesting sometimes I'm almost no but crazy. that's
0: beautiful yeah you like, know, you're that, not gonna
1: get me to be in anything unless you give me what i want <laughs>
0: um, when you have to pull those lines man yeah. otherwise no one will listen you know yeah. and set set your ground and set your standards and that's fucking amazing emily that's so rad like you. I'm I'm so happy for you and it's coming. I feel it, you know? Thank
1: you. Yeah, it'd be cool. Although I also keep switching around because I do yes, I want to do something funny, but also just like more well. It doesn't have to be like a straight up comedy. Because I then was watching the Sopranos for the first time finally. And then I told my manager, I'm like, well, I also kind of want like my own Sopranos. I was like it's 20-
0: like a dark comedy yeah. at times. He's yeah, like, yeah.
1: And he's like, We're not gonna like not send you a sopranos. I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm like, maybe I want that instead. I'm like, I just want more sides to the character. Like I yeah. was more elements and yes, some moments of, I mean, yes, there's some moments in there that James Gandolfini needs like a fucking brilliant comedian. Tight, and everybody-
0: man. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. And, and, you know, speaking of, you know, you just hit on the pandemic, you know, like it has been a year and a half and, you know, I know it's like, I've been on fucking, I don't know, a hundred auditions since September and, you know, maybe a pin or callback or two, but nothing, you know what I mean? I just like feel like I'm pissing in the wind and and we've been in a pandemic and, you know, I, I, I love what you're doing with everything's fucked. Like, I think that's so fucking awesome. You know, where did the idea for that come from?
1: Yeah, that is so me and my best friend, Elisa, who are doing it together, we've been best friends since we were six and we've kind of just always like I said, on my end, I was like, I'm going to be a star and do this. She kind of had the same thing. And we just both, since we were kids, like we're creating plays together or writing. But like we did. Was I she the, the
0: one th- in the therapy thing with you?
1: Oh, no, actually. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's also still my, one, my like, my yeah, they're, and they've been friends because of like, they know each other because of me. But no, I had my like two best friends from then and they're still my best friends. And yeah, I'm very proud of my female friendships in that way. But um no, she, her and I did other, I don't think we did an official performing thing together, but we went to middle school together, but that's not, the, like we went there on purpose, that's not the same. But we would do stuff in our own time. And I remember like when we first got email, we like were like, oh, let's write a book where we're like, I don't know if you remember, but when we were kids, I feel like fake diaries were very popular. Oh yeah. So we were like, oh, let's write a thing where we're like pen pals, like character pen pal- so we'd like write each other letters as like Leah and Zia as like characters so we were always just sort of like had these collaborations in the works and have always we are like we play off each other really well we also like invented each other's personalities in a lot of ways because uh, we influence each other and we always wanted to do something. And then she became a very successful astrologer. And I'm an actress. And then over... That's
0: where the astrology comes from. Yeah, she's wow. important.
1: That's like her job. And she's, yeah, she's written books. She's like, she's a very successful at it. Um, And then, yeah, she, I was like the first time I saw her in the pandemic and we were talking and then she said when she left, it, like us hanging out had reminded her of when we were kids like that. And she was just like, we should just do like, oh, cause she's, I'm not good with the like, Instagram or the tech stuff. Yeah. Way more savvy in that way. So she was like, we should do an Instagram live show of something. And then we like talked for like 10 minutes and we were like, oh yeah, we could do like an advice show. And it was just very natural and easy because that's sort of how we always are. So we just started trying to do it and then it's been really fun and people have had really good responses. And then we actually people are interested in possibly making it a podcast. Yeah, you should figuring that out now. So yeah, it was one of those things that's, like, kind of the opposite of everything else in my career, which I'm, like, always jealous of those people that are, like, yeah, I just, like, was playing football, and I broke my ankle, so I joined the drama club, and then I was a movie star, like, oh, yeah, actor. like, my whole life, I was, like, I want to be an actor, but this this podcast is sort of that, the cool version of, like, we were just fucking around because it was yeah. before you know it. Yeah. Podcast, so that's nice to maybe have something like that. Finally for once. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it just sort of. Well, it's, it's just, such a beautiful space you have for, you know, the people that write in and I love what you're doing. It's, you know, it's, it's funny and it's positive and it's, it's fucking radical, man. You know, it's a great idea and I would love to see that in a long form podcast. Scene, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're like in the middle of figuring that out. And that's been, another sort of like just like the intimacy coordinator was another thing of like, Oh yeah. Like if we just use our voice, like it can people, like it was also like people came to us about it versus us going to other, which I'm like, oh. I, last time I wasn't like begging somebody to let me do something.
0: Yeah, the so, life of an actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so
1: cool. So yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens with it, but it's been, it's definitely saved my life since we've been doing it in code. Cause <laughs> Yeah, I, it's like... This is all I,
0: I've been doing, so I get it, you know? It's like fucking...
1: Life truly life-saving. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that, you're keeping me sane, so... Yeah. That's amazing. Well, dude, it's been so amazing hearing your story. A few final questions for you. I know we sort of just hit on this with the, the podcast, but the pandemic has fucking sucked. It's been horrible for people that are actors or people that are artists or, you know, any... I mean, just horrible for anyone, really. I can't mm-hmm. limit it to that, but... What's kept Emily sane? You know, what's kept you going? What's kept you fighting that fight and stay sticking to your guns about wanting what you want and and not conceding? Because I think that's fucking so badass, dude.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've come very close to the edge many times over this pandemic, but I think it's—I don't know—I think it's been a culmination of like kind of all the things I've been learning and all the self work I've been doing being truly put to the test in a vacuum in a way that I've, I don't know, I've gotten to focus on things um, in with silence around it, which is obviously really hard and maddening, but I think in some ways it's, yeah, helped. It's like a, it almost feels like a version of rehab or something where you're like truly just like there focusing on, like I've been in therapy twice a week and I've been doing a lot of self Work in yeah. a you know really isolated way, which is hard, but also I think has helped get a lot of stuff done. And I think it's just oddly like deepened my sense of what I want and belief in myself. And as my it's weird because it's both. Because part of me is like, oh god, I'm never going to work again. And part of me is like, no, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I yeah. want out of a relationship. I know what I want out of a job. Like, and I deserve it. And obviously that's tested weekly, <laughs> but it's. I think that's just deepened I think I as I mentioned was in a bad relationship that I got out of which I think was a turning point for me and then yeah just being with myself doing the work doing everything's fucked find, like having to find new outlets and new channels of sanity like on, on, other than I, just socializing or commiserating I don't yeah. know I yeah. think just i've just had to fight like even i never painted or drew or anything and i've been like painting and drawing i'm not even good at so it cool. I, I just like out of i don't know what else to do yeah so i think um that has yeah that has I, I don't know it's again i guess it's like whatever that thing in you that like still wants to live when you feel really dark gets almost stronger when there's truly nothing else to hold on to and yeah. um so yeah, I've definitely had days of like it's hard to get out of bed or function, and then I've had days of like drawing pictures and then doing everything fucked. And like I, I've never exercised my whole life. I hate it. I'm now boxing once a week for the dude. First-
0: fucking congrats, man! And that's so awesome, man. I
1: can't believe I didn't do before. Like I have such anger problems, and so like I can't. I'm like it's so helpful. And I- I'm
0: I'm the cliche CrossFit bro, and that's how I get this fucking these demons out, you know. Yeah. And-
1: Yeah. Well, especially I, as I mentioned, I no longer drink alcohol and that was obviously a huge tool I used to suppress the demons. And I think, yeah, the longer I go not doing that, the more I also am like doing the thing where you have to find other.
0: Yeah. You know, as an addict myself, you know, it's, you got to replace it with healthier things like painting and boxing and starting a podcast with your best friend, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, And it's, And it's just amazing because you see like this, it's like, you can't predict what you're going to do if you eliminate something for your life, but like just different pathways open up and then those pathways lead somewhere else and lead somewhere else. And yeah, I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't know how I've survived or how anyone survived, but I, and I guess it also makes us all have to really take it one day at a time in that way that I think, also there has been something comforting about like obviously as you know being an actor like your life is so inconsistent so there's been something kind of cool about everybody having that yeah. <laughs> Like, dream yeah. sure but like yeah. we've all had weeks and weeks of like having nothing to do so it's kind of been nice that like the world has gotten so much more vulnerable like every like it's like even like anyone I see now like there's no more small talk everybody's just like a bleeding heart in a way yeah. that I've always been a bleeding heart, and now it's just like I don't know, there's like a different type of connection that hey, we're all in this together in a way that that's also yeah helped me. But and TV Sopranos also kept me grounded. Now I'm watching Married at First Sight, way less of a high level of art, but it's also really interesting.
0: Ah, uh, I just did Six Feet Under.
1: Okay, oh, great, yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, love that one, yeah,
1: yeah. And it also, it doesn't feel like weight. It feels like uh, deepening my appreciation for, like watching Sopranos was the first thing to inspire me acting-wise in a really long time. Like there is, there's something to do.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Well, final question, you know, for that young Emily that, you know, knew she was going to be a movie star yeah. and you could go back and, and, you know, for anyone listening, that's an artist and, you know, maybe doesn't live in New York, any words of wisdom or advice you would have for them?
1: Hmm. I mean, you trust your gut. I mean, I know that's kind of obvious and, yeah, but, um, It's going to probably, yeah, it'll probably be harder than you expect. And I feel like people never have the career they set out to have. It feels like you have someone else's career and someone else has yours, but to trust your gut and follow that. And if you feel like that's what you're meant to do, I believe that you are right, but it's probably not going to look how you expected it to and just keep going (laughs) and and follow your gut and let that take you where it takes you. And, and don't fight against whatever the path, Op- that opens up for you is like accept that what that is. Yeah, um, it's very messy, clunky advice, but that's no. It's beautiful long and long it.
0: Very articulate, and Thank you. It, it's been such a fucking pleasure, man. Like you're a superstar, Emily. The comedy thing is coming. I'm gonna yeah. turn on. I'm the deadline. I'm gonna read it, and I'm just gonna fucking be so thrilled for you. <laughs> and you got to come back, and we'll talk about the comedy thing. You know when because yeah. it's happening. I feel it. I'm putting Thank it out there. Comedy and,
1: or Sopranos, which is yeah
0: of. well an amalgamation we'll, yeah. we'll do you yeah. know yeah. A mus- musical sopranos Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: I love the sopranos. Yeah, that's actually, yeah that would actually be really cool yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> emily me i got so much love for you thanks for coming on thanks. stay in touch and and keep grinding man
1: thank you thank you
0: so much all right rock and roll all right